Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I'd like to ask my wife just to come quick and give a testimony. Amen. I couldn't do what we do without this lady. Amen. She's my back support. Well, it's good to be here. I was thinking as my husband came up here, I said, you know what? He's home. A lot of you wouldn't know that, but he was saved here in Oconomowoc. Yes. I was saved in Madison, but he was saved here in Oconomowoc. So he is at, back home. I just want to say it is good to see everybody. And I don't know if there's anybody here that is maybe going through a dark time. I just want to encourage you. We were singing tonight about the promises in God. And God gives us promises. And there may, if, you, if you've lived for God long enough, there will be times that you will go through some trying or dark periods in your life. And you know what? We can hang on to those scriptures that he said that he was with us always and that he would be with us to the end of the world. Because sometimes it can get dark. It can. And, and to tell you the truth, and I'm not trying to preach, but um, <laughs> to tell you the truth, the Bible tells us that it's going to get worse. The Bible tells us that evil men are going to wax worse and worse. That's not real positive. And the Bible also tells us that perilous times are coming. But I can tell you this, God also promised us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. So no matter what you're going through, even if you don't even see the way, I've, I've actually gone through some of the hardest things I've gone through recently. My mother had, has dementia. Uh, we ended up having to place her in a memory care place. Um, but I've, I've probably really gone through some of the hardest things I've gone through. And I can tell you, even when you don't know and you're saying, God, I don't know which way to turn, I don't know what to do, if you just keep seeking him and following him, in the end, even though it might be foggy, it might be dark, and you might not know, but if you'll just keep trying to stay on his trail, I can tell you, I'm a witness to say God will help you and God will lead you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Lord bless you. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. Now I'm going to push your vacation Bible school. You need to go there. Even if you're a little older, you could learn something and it would excite you to see what happens with little kids or young kids when they hear the word of God and when they hear the promises of God. So I don't care if you're old or not. You can be 8 to 80, blind, crippled, or crazy, and God can still touch you. Amen? So it's awesome. I'm glad you guys got Vacation Bible School. Amen. I'm going to share some things before I preach about what has happened in Antigua the last year and a half. But if you could put up a scripture, 2 Timothy 2.15, a lot of you probably know it. Pastor's not in here tonight because he's teaching people how to teach the Bible. Amen. And Paul told his son in the Lord, Timothy, what to do. In 2 Timothy 
2.15, it says, therefore, brethren, not only Timothy, but the church. Oh, that, that's, okay. Hold the tradition. Okay, he's got my other scriptures up there. Go to 2 Timothy 2.15. Okay, maybe that, I use... King James Version, so if you got a different one up there, please put King James up, because I can quote that. I can't quote this other stuff. It messes me up bad. Because it says, study to show thyself approved, a workman unto God, that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And tonight I want to talk to you about standing fast. The Lord woke me up this morning and gave me this. And when you're really, we just kind of see what's happening in the world. We live on this little island of 80,000 people. But when we come back to the States, you see a lot of things that you don't see over there. And you see what's happening in the world and around the world. And it's amazing what's going on. But nonetheless, Last year in 2020, when COVID hit, they shut down everything. In March, you couldn't, all you could do is go out and buy groceries. That was it. And only a certain time of the day. They had certain hours you could leave, go get your groceries, and you had to come back. You couldn't have church, you couldn't have nothing. And that was shut down till June. From March till June, and, and we tried different, we tried Zoom, and we tried What's Up, and we tried this, and we just tried prayer, you know. I mean, there was a lot of things, and it's hard to minister to people when they're not there. You know, they're looking through, you know, through a box or whatever to try to, but it's not the same as being here. Amen. Not It, it just don't do it, but... One of the first services that we had, it was like an outside service because we couldn't come in the building. So we set up the drums and the keyboard. They just sat on the platform, but the praise singers, they were outside the church and we all were kind of like a drive-in church. You know, the cars were there and we were just sitting outside. And um, <clears throat> the very first service we had, we had tongues and interpretation and God was just encouraging us that this too shall pass that you need to stand fast. You need to just believe the word, live the word, and I'll take care of the rest. And the whole, all of 2020, it was really hard for me because we're used to going out on the street every week. And when you wanted to talk to people, they're like, and you had to wear a mask, and you still got to wear a mask in Antigua. We got to wear a mask in church, and it, that's changed back and forth so much with how many people they'll let you have in church, but you, people didn't want to talk to you. It's like, stay away from me. They were so fearful, and God doesn't give us the spirit of fear. Amen. But people were fearful. You couldn't talk to them. You couldn't teach them a Bible study. You couldn't do anything. If, and we tried to invite people, and it's like, hmm because they just wouldn't come. And during that time, it, it, we didn't have no visitors come all of 2020. Well, there might have been one or two, but basically it was just our normal people because nobody wanted to come. And it was really hard. 
And there was times when we had church, they said, you could only have 25. We had to squish our pews together or have every other pew. Then they had to sit apart unless they were a family. It was crazy. We had to have a sink outside so they could wash their hands and sanitize and this and that, all these things. And then there was times they said you could only have 25 people in the church. And we can see 200 people in there if we wanted, but we could have 25 people. That was it. But they'll let you have 10 people in a 15-passenger van. So we cleaned out the bushes across the street of the church and we parked two vans out there so we could get, you know, 20 people there. We put speakers outside in the grass, amen, and then we put people in the overhang where you drive up to the church. We had people sitting out there in chairs so we could try to keep the law. But there's going to come a time, see, this is the precursor to what Satan wants to do when the Antichrist comes, he's testing this world to see, okay, are you going to do what I tell you to do, how I tell you to do it, when I tell you to do it? See, this is just getting the world ready for what's about to come. So then when the Antichrist is getting ready to tell everybody just how to do everything, they're used to just, okay, that's what the government tells us to do. I guess we're just going to do it. But we, the church, can't because they can't stop us. They can't shut us down. Maybe that's why they met house to house. Amen? But this March, it was like God just gave us a breakthrough. And it wasn't people that we were even inviting. They just started coming to church. And it was just like, I'm looking for a church. I want a church. And I think we had more people baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost in March and April than we did all the previous year. I ain't kidding you. People just, and they're still coming today. They just had a couple more get the Holy Ghost and get baptized. And while we're up here, they're still having church. Amen. And in 2020, we had 29 cases of COVID the whole year. By March, we had 900 and something from January to March of this year. It went up to 900 something. Now it's 1400 something or maybe even 15. Now, I don't know. So that's how much the COVID cases are. And it's just craziness going over there. So pray for us, please. But people are hungry for the things of God. And you can't be fearful for what God wants to do. And we got to trust God. You just got to trust God. Amen? So let me get to the word. I want to talk to you about standing fast. In other words, don't let nobody push you off center. Don't let nobody get you from where God wants you to be. You need to stand fast. So Paul writes this in the book of Galatians, if you'd stand. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 31. Galatians 4 and 31. It says, So then, brethren... We are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. In other words, we used to be in bondage, but we're there no longer. When you're baptized in his name, filled with his spirit, you came out of bondage. So he is letting the people know you're no longer in bondage. You're not from the bondwoman anymore. But it says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ, Christ, hath made us free. Amen? 
and not to engage or entangle again with the yoke of bondage. Amen? That was chapter 5 and verse 1. And in verse 5 of chapter 5 it says, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your gracious mercy, for what you're going to do tonight. Lord, have your way in this service as we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. We thank you so much, Lord God, for what you've done in our lives and what you're about to do. And we ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I am so thankful for this church, for Pastor Kylie, for Brother Meyer, who was my Bible study teacher. If you know Bob Meyer, you just talk to him about me. Ask him some questions. I was one of his most interesting Bible studies he ever had. He came to me one day, first time I ever met him. One of the first questions Brother Meyer ever asked me was, would you like a Bible study? And he was surprised because I said, yes. Then he said, when? I said, now. And that's the truth. I didn't want to wait. I would go to his house. He would come to mine. Our Bible studies usually started around 7. They would sometimes maybe get done by 10. Sometimes at 11. Sometimes 12. Sometimes it even went to 1. And he'd go, brother, I got to go to work tomorrow. And I said, so do I. And I said, if I can close out the bars, why can't I have a Bible study till one in the morning? See, I came from bondage to liberty that came through Christ. I didn't want to go back to where I was. And I wanted to make sure I could get as far away as possible from where I was to be able to stand fast in which I had just found. I wanted to get some roots. I wanted to be able to stand because the winds will blow. I didn't even get into church. I, I told my dad, because me and my dad would go to church together. I, I grew up in a divided house. My mom and sisters were Lutherans and my dad and me were Catholic. But when I told my dad, we were in the pig barn. And I said, Dad, I'm not going to church with you anymore. I, I, I found something that's real. And he got in my, and I'm not a fighter, and I'm not a yeller, but my dad is big. If you knew my dad, he's big, and, and he's not afraid to tell you anything. And he said, what? What's the name of the church? And he got me so flustered, I couldn't even tell him <laughs> Abundant life. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. I said, I don't know. So you don't even go to the church. You don't even know the name of it. And it's like, no. And, and he said, you're not my son no more. Well, what? Because I don't go to church with you. I'm not your son. My dad disowned me and said, I'm not his son no more because I wouldn't go to church with him. And, and he knew my lifestyle. My dad was like a drill instructor. Five o'clock in the morning, he'd pull in the yard. He'd knock on the door. Man, and before he'd get to the third knock, I was at the door. It's just the way it was. But sometimes he'd come there. 
there's a barrel of beer outside. There's people laying all over the house. And he'd tell me what we're doing for the day. That, that's the way it was. And he's seen all that stuff just disappear. It, it just disappeared. And he began to watch my lifestyle. But see, my dad disowned me. And to most, a lot of people, they would have said, okay, dad, I'm sorry. I'll just keep going to church with you. I couldn't. I found something that was real. And I had, and it's like, no way. But the only way I could do it is to study the word of God. I had to get it within me so I could come against anything that would come against me. And you know that I could barely read when I came into this thing. I, I, I graduated 12th grade. They just graduated me to get me out of there. I never read one book in high school. Not one. Because I couldn't read very good. I was at C, Scott, Runner, Jill, Jump. And I mean, that's, that was my level of reading way back in third grade. Because see, when I was in first, second, and third grade, instead of being in school, I was on the farm out in the field on a tractor and working up the field so my dad could plant when he got home from work. So I never got a lot of schooling that helped me learn how to read and all that stuff. But do you know that when I was on Lesson 7, I was teaching a Bible study. Well, how do you do that when you can't read? Real simple. You read it, I'll explain it. I could explain it, I just couldn't read it. But the only way that was possible is I had to get the word deposited in me first. And, and pastors teaching people how to teach Bible studies and you got to. I'll tell you what, I, I would take any one of our, um, well, especially in Antigua, any one of our people that do outreach, I would put them up against any pastor in Antigua. They know the word 10 times better than they, and they have experienced the word. You don't know how many hot pastors we've had where, where they just turned around and walked away because they could not defend the word like our guys could. Why? Because we taught them the word. The word. Amen? Look at this in um, John chapter 8, verse 33. Jesus makes a statement and the Jews are asking him this question. It says, they answered him, Jesus, we be Abraham's seed. So they were going by their heritage. And we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Here's the Jews, and they're standing upon who their daddy was. We are part of Abraham's seed. That's good. I'm glad. But Jesus said, I can make you free. But they said, we're not in bondage to anyone. But Jesus clarifies this. Look at 34. He took it from what is your heritage to what about you? Because he goes, Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. All of a sudden, he didn't give a rip who you belong to. He made the statement if you have sin in your life, you're a servant to it. 
I don't care if you're Abraham's seed or not. See, he took it from a whole group and brought it down one-on-one, personal. And that's the only way we can serve God is personally. It doesn't matter about the whole group. What matters is where are you at in the kingdom of God? Going on in verse 37, he tells them, he didn't deny that they were Abraham's seed. Could I get some water? It says, and ye shall, oh, no, 37. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me. Why? Because my word hath no place in you. That's why Bible studies and studying the scripture is so, so important to our walk with God. Because without it, without God's word in our life, we will end up in bondage. See, we got to be a disciple of God's word. Everybody likes to quote this scripture here. And this is prior to what we just read, 32. It says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. But look at this. They like reading that, and it's like, oh, I, and just because you come to church don't mean you know the truth. Just because you're Abraham's seed don't mean you know the truth. Just because you got some, I don't care if I was Brother Urshan's son. That ain't going to save me. I got to have my own walk with God. I don't care who my daddy was or is. It's between me and him. And we got to work it out ourselves. Now, I'm thankful for all the fathers and mothers that serve God and try to train up their children the way they should go. But even that can't save your children. It's going to give them a great advantage, but you can't save your kids they got to make up in their own mind and heart that they want to live for God because they want to live for God. Not because I tell, you better get to church, girl. You're going because I'm going. That's it. There's no, there's no questions that, no. I hope you're here because you want to be here. Not because mom and dad says you better be here. Because that, ain't, that only works so long. That only works till mom and dad ain't in the picture. Then you're gone. You got to get your own walk with God. So going on, This is how you can know the truth and the truth will make you free. Verse 31 tells us the whole crux of the matter which Jesus spoke to them prior. He says, then Jesus, or then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if, 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 if ye continue what? In my word, and what was he telling the Jews in 37? That the word, his word wasn't in them? But he says, if my word be in you, then are ye my disciple Indeed, if we will continue in God's word and fulfill his word and honor his word, then we're his disciple. And when we become his disciple, guess what? Then we will know the truth and the truth will what? Make us free. No longer in bondage to sin. So it doesn't matter if we all fill this place up and come to church every Sunday. If you don't get involved with the word of God, and make it a part of your life. That's why he said, don't be a hearer of the word only. Be a, be a, a doer. And that's what I had to do. See, my prior lifestyle didn't align to my new lifestyle one bit. And everybody around me knew it. 
They knew something happened to Leonard Smith. He, he wasn't the guy. I went to the bars for over a month and I would drink a soda and I would witness to every one of my friends and they're looking at me like, what happened to you? You don't look the same. You don't talk the same. You don't act the same. There's a new man living in these shoes. The old man died. He was buried. And he rose again to walk in newness of life. Amen? Okay. Um, Second Timothy. Yeah, Second Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 12. It says... And we're going to read a portion of scripture. So I'm just going to kind of read the whole thing so you get the gist of what's happening here, what Paul is telling Timothy. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Do you hear that? If you live for Christ Jesus according to his word, you will suffer persecution. You will suffer your parents saying, you're not my kid no more. You will suffer all kinds of things because you make a stand for what's right. So don't be all bent out of shape if people don't like you. You're not a part of this world. I came out of this world. This world is not my home. Amen? But going on. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's scary. These guys ain't even, they're they're not only deceiving, but they themselves are being deceived. That's scary. When when you get in a state like that, when you're deceived, deception is, you know what's so bad about deception? You don't know you're deceived. You can be walking in a lie and don't know it. Let me tell you, we live on this little island of 80,000 and we got like eight other oneness churches there but there ain't a one of them that really believed this book like we do. We've had a number of the pastors come when we had Bible school. They would come to our Bible school and they're going, wow, I never seen this before. And you know what I'm so thankful for? All the men and women that God placed in my life and my wife's life to help us, to guide us, to direct us. Down there, they don't have that. And sorry to say, they're, they're trying to live for God, but they ain't got a handle on it. That, that when, when you talk to them about the word, man, they, they get off on these rabbit trails and you go, where are you going? But see, if we don't watch ourselves, we could go on the rabbit trail because there's nobody there to correct us. You hear what I'm saying? We're in this little place and we got nobody to rub shoulders with. And, and the ones that are there... They're, they're far off the track to begin with. I ain't going to fellowship with them guys. So what do I got to do? Study the word. Pray the word. Stay in the word. Because that's my guidepost. Without the word, I'll be lost. Amen? Let's give Jesus a hand clap. So even though those evil men are working, work, getting worse and worse, look what it says in verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned 
ah, you can't learn something without a teacher. That's why you need a pastor, a preacher, a teacher, evangelist, a prophet. That's why you need the five-fold ministry. That's why you need to teach Bible studies. Why? Because how can you continue in something if you've never learned it? Amen. It says, continue in thou things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You got to know who's teaching you too. Don't just listen to anybody. You, you better know their credentials. Amen. Are they walking the life, living the life? Going on. Um, and that thou, or that thou from a child hath Thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able, so what's, what's able, able? To make thee wise unto salvation. So it's the scriptures, the holy scriptures, what gives us the wisdom and understanding of how to be saved. Amen. Don't, don't take me to the book of Newsweek and tell me how to live for God. You better get in the book. Now, I, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I'm going to make this statement, and you might disagree with me. That's okay. But I'm going to make a statement. Our young people that we had, when Facebook was getting very popular, they all went on Facebook. And one of our young ladies that preaches at the church today preached one night in the whole church. And she said, not to the young people only, but to everybody. She says, you need to get off of Facebook and get your face in the book. And I can tell you this one thing. Every one of our young people that did not get off of Facebook, guess where they're at today? Not in the church. Not a one of them. Anybody that stayed on Facebook is not in the church today. That's what happened in Antigua. You got to make up your own mind what you're going to do. I'm not telling you what you got to do. I'm telling you what happened in Antigua. And every one of our young people that got off of Facebook, guess where they're at? Jesus is mine. Mm -hmm. All the time. And we got some awesome young people, let me tell you. Anybody that's ever been down there, they'll, they'll, they'll testify to it. Our guys know their stuff because they've been taught it. They. Remember what you've learned. Amen. Why? Verse 6 or 16. All scripture, or did, yeah, from a child. Why? Through faith which is in Christ Jesus. 16. All scripture. Verse 6. The next verse you got there. Bring it up. Yeah. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in what? Righteousness. You want to know how to live? Just go to the book. Every answer we need is right in the book. Amen? 17. That the man of God may be what? Ah, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. In other words, when we do it right, our life should show that we don't behave improper or wrongly anymore. We are perfectly and thoroughly furnished. So we are, our works are what? Good. Good works. Amen? 
Amen. Going on. Okay. To Mark. This is Jesus warning the church what's about to take place in the last days. Mark 5. And Jesus answered them, saying, began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. Now, didn't it say that in, in Paul to Timothy that men would be deceivers? Jesus says the same thing. And Jesus answered them, saying, began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So people will be deceived, I'm sorry to say, but there are going to be those that are deceived. See, I, was, I grew up in a church for 22 years, and they pulled the wool over my eyes. They told me I was all right. How is it that I can pay you some money and buy an indulgence and get away with sin? Come on. But there are people to this day that believe that. but it's not in the word. Show me in the book. And, and I'm very serious about the word of God because that's what, we got, that's what we stand by. That's what we live by. Deceive many. Verse seven. And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled, because we shouldn't be troubled as a church. Amen. For such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. In other words, this is just the beginning. Guys, you, you see and hear, I don't need to tell you everything that's going on. You know it. You can see it for yourself. Verse 8. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginning, the beginning of sorrow. Now, if we're living on the world, we're going to have to go through some things. Amen? But I tell you what, every time I've gone through something, it's God drawing me closer to him, and it's building my trust and faith in him. Amen? It, it does. That's just the way it is. Going on. Okay. But take heed to yourself. This, this isn't... I'm a child of Abraham. It says, take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to the council and in the synagogues. Ye shall be beaten and ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. Going on, it says, and the gospel must first be published among all Nations, but when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate. You don't got to think about nothing, but whatsoever shall be given you by the Holy Ghost, amen, in that hour, that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you ended up in that spot, you're there for a reason. And I'm going to use you to be a witness to whoever it is you stand before. And you know what? You might lose your life for what you just told them. But Paul said, to die is gain. To live is Christ. To be the witness in light. 
Amen. I got to hurry up. Amen. Okay. Verse 12. But the brother shall betray the brother to death. Wow. And the father, the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. Sounds like a family feud, man. I tell you what, you're not my son no more. I don't like the way you're living. You bring condemnation on me because now you're straight and I'm not. That's just the way it is. But we can't waver, amen? And ye shall be hated of all men for my namesake. Didn't say by a few, it says all men. Anybody that's living in the world, for my namesake. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Amen? You got to stand to the end. Now look at the next verse. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. And don't be nasty when you're doing it. It says, let all your things be done with charity or love. So just because you might be right, do it in love. You gotta understand something. They don't know it. I'm so thankful God was so merciful to me to tell me the truth. And I'm glad I had enough brains to receive it. Amen? Because I could be out there with the rest of them right now today. Well, I wouldn't even be alive today because I knew that if I kept living my life, if I hit 30, I was living long because that was it. I got to hurry up here. Amen. Staying fast. How to endure to the end. I just got a few scriptures. We're going to read them quick. 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. We'll look at verse 13 first. Okay. Says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men. Okay. This first Corinthians, I don't have my computer here. You when I have my computer, I printed all my scriptures. Now I'm just, you know, I'm not looking it up in my book. That's what we just got done reading, ain't it? Yeah. Go to first Corinthians sixteen. 13 and 14. Okay. Maybe that is it, but I'm going to look here first. So all my computer stuff is at home. And my good Bible's there. I got this one, but... Okay, 16, 13, and... says, Watch ye, stand fast, in the faith, quit you like men, and be strong. 14 says, let all your things be done in chair. Okay, it says that. Okay. Go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, our lifestyle. So it becomes the gospel of Christ. And that whether I come and see you or else be abased, I may hear what? of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. It's almost like the Tower of Babel. God came down and said, man, they're all in one mind and one accord, and whatever they're going to do, they're going to 
get it accomplished. I got to mess up their language. But God is saying to us, to the church, let us all work together, have the same mind, the same purpose, so we get it accomplished. That's what it's saying. And then the next verse says, therefore, my brethren dearly beloved and longed for my joy crowned, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Paul's wanting us to stand fast. Amen? First Thessalonians, or excuse me, yeah, First Thessalonians 3, 8. It says, for now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. So to have life, you got to do what? Stand fast where? In the Lord or in God. Amen. In 2 Thessalonians, I'm going to need some help here now. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 2. It says, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. All this junk that's going around us that we're living in. Neither by spirit nor by word. Don't let anything mess with you. Nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Now verse 15, look at this. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which thou hast been taught, whether by word or epistle. Amen? Can I pick on you? Come, come. Hurry up. Fast. Okay. One of you young ladies, come here. Okay, you just stand here. You stand here. Come, come. Hurry up. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. When he said stand fast and hold to the traditions of men that you've been taught in the epistles or the word, let, let me give you a, a, just a, a, word picture, a, a word picture here. Okay, this man, he comes to church, but he really never gets involved in church. He just comes and he listens and he hears. He's like the hearer, but not the doer. Okay, now this young lady, she's got a hunger for God like never before. Okay, now this is where I need some help. Come on. Any one of you. I don't care. I'm going to need a bunch of you. Okay, so she is in a Bible study. Come Bible study. Okay, I need another. I need a witness. Okay, come on, come on, come on, come on. Hurry up, hurry up. Okay, I, I need a witness. You got to stand around her because she, she likes to go out witnessing to people. Okay, all right. Prayer. She likes to pray all the time. Come prayer. Prayer. Okay. You're kind of on the skinny side. You're fasting. Come on. <laughs> okay, you got to surround her. Get around her. Don't, don't just stay in, uh, alongside of her. You're going to surround her. Okay? Amen. Faithfulness. Come on, faithful. Okay. What happens is when, when you as a Christian surround yourself with all these different, you just get around her, with all these different things, when the world tries to come against you, I'm running into all these things. But if, if we just are satisfied with coming to church and hearing the word of God, I have no other protection other than myself. So when I push on him, there's not a lot to hold him in place. He can't stand fast like he should stand fast because this world is going to come against us with great pressure 
enforce. So if, if, if we don't get involved, I don't care if you open the door and say, glad to have you in church. But if you don't surround yourself with these things that are important to having a spiritual life, so I can't even get to her because I'm running into all this stuff that she's doing because she has surrounded her life with all these things. And that when Paul is saying stand fast, what he's trying to tell us is we can only stand fast if we surround ourselves with these things that God has given us. His word is the main thing, his spirit, his word, and all the, but the, all the things that we must do to be healthy and strong so when the wind blows... Man, you in Antigua, we, and we have hurricanes and we have hurricanes. You, you see these big, tall palm trees, but their roots go way, way out. And I mean, they're just like, and they're bending over and they just come right back. Now, sometimes it just rips all the leaves off and all you got is a stick and the, and the leaves got to grow all back. And that's usually what happens. But see, when you got roots and them are all roots, She's got all these roots around her that's holding her fast so when trouble comes and persecution comes and trials come, I got something that's going to hold me. I can stand fast. But, but if I'm just a casual church goer and I come and I'm one of Abraham's, I, I'm one of Abraham's seed. I mean, come on. I'm no, I've never been in a bondage to nobody. We can't go by that. We got to go by what God has given us to stand strong. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that you've done. But you, you see what I'm saying? So when the only way we can stand fast, see the only reason I am still here today is because I have surrounded myself, my wife has surrounded herself with those things so when the trials and tribulations of this world comes, oh, we've fallen down. Don't, don't think we're just perfect. I'm sorry to say, I'm, pop your bubble, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. But the reason I'm still here is because I've surrounded myself with all these things. So when all these things are coming upon us, and they're coming upon us, church, and we can't stop it. We just got to be a part of it. And I believe we're going to have an awesome victory. And God has an awesome church. I can't, it's so awesome to see. We just had a number of miracles happen in Antigua. They had a baby dedication. After baby dedication, they, they just decided, anybody need prayer? Come on up. So they came up and a whole bunch of people got healed right then and there. Well, that's not normal. You know, we don't normally have a prayer thing after a baby dedication. And they weren't praying for the baby. They were praying for all these other people. Now, they prayed for the baby, don't get me wrong. But they just felt led to do it because God laid it on their heart. And, man, our praise singer, she, our song leader, she, she just singing away. I was like, <clears throat> she just stopped and stand there. She just waits and waits. All of a sudden, somebody starts speaking in tongues. Somebody starts speaking in tongues. Somebody gives interpretation. She's very sensitive to the moving of God. I don't care, man. She can be in a full-blown song, just everybody's running around, ripping around, just having a good time. And all of a sudden, and everybody knows, okay, God wants to talk to us. So they're all waiting, you know. 
church? The altar's open. We serve an awesome God that wants each and every one of us to what? Endure to the end for the same shall be saved. We got to endure to the end, but we can't endure to the end if we don't have the stuff to help us. So we need all these things so we can stand fast. Amen? So wherever you're at in God, good. But get as much as you can because the wind's going to blow. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.